Welcome to the voice of Benchmark ESG, the podcast dedicated to operational risk, compliance, and sustainable business. In this episode, we'll be diving into all things ESG. What is ESG? Why ESG? And uh, what to look for in the, in the market. Uh, my name is Drew Ross, Global Business Development Manager here at Benchmark ESG, and I'm joined today by Aiden Zebertavage, Product Marketing Leader at Benchmark. Uh, Aiden, can you give us a bit of an introduction? Sure. Hi, Drew. Uh, so thanks very much for having me on. Excited to be here. Uh, so yeah, as you said, I'm the product marketing leader uh, within our PMM pillar, our product management and marketing group, uh, really focusing on you know how do we advance our technology and our platform uh, to, to our customers and, and how do we really operationalize that and to, to solve their, their business problems. Um, my background, I come from a high-tech background, um, most recently focusing on Internet of Things applications, as well as uh, some medical device and, and AI data analytics work. So really looking to advance our advanced technology into the marketplace and, and really help uh, EHS leaders start to attack these challenges that, that are going to be presented to them with these ESG frameworks. Great. Well, welcome. We're uh, glad to have you. So um, I think today we're we're really looking to um, kind of talk about what's going on in the marketplace in regards to ESG. Um, and I know that from a benchmark ESG side that there's been a lot of changes that's been happening. I know that um, you know you the the audience may have seen a lot going on with the GenSuite brand and what that looks like um, now as the Benchmark Digital Partners brand. So. Um, you know, I want to start there. How did, you know, how did we get here? Who are we now? Um, and then, you know, we can talk a little bit further about ESG at large. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're exactly right. So not only is it a really exciting time for, for Benchmark uh, with our, our transition, you know, from GenSuite into Benchmark Digital Partners, uh, it's also a really exciting time in the marketplace as, you know, we emerge on, you know, the other side of the, the COVID pandemic, um, there, there certainly is going to be a lot of attention around these ESG frameworks, um, not only in the environmental health and safety space, but within the financial markets, within the risk and compliance markets. Um, so the, the challenge is, is there for the taking. Um, and I think, you know, what we're, what we're positioning ourselves as with Benchmark Digital Partners is, is really to be that subject matter expert and that that partner in, in helping organizations achieve these, these really ambitious ESG goals. Um, we recently had our launch event on January 26th. And, you know, we were really fortunate to have not only Benchmark's leadership provide some great perspective on, you know, how we got to this point, what we envision for the future, but we we're also able to have some really great industry perspective from some of our long-term subscribers um, to give us that context on, on why ESG is going to be so important um, into the future. So with that, I'd really love to give our listeners a, a flavor of, of how we were talking about this, uh, this transition um, and tee up a clip from our launch event from our CEO, Armakund, really talking about not only the, the legacy of GenSuite and, and the history and the expertise that we've developed, but also why now in 2021 is the right time to make this transition to, to benchmark ESG. Uh, so with that, uh, let's, let's tee up an audio clip and, and we'll see you on the other side. I thought it might be helpful to share a few words on our own transformation uh, that, that we're kicking off um, and to give a little bit of context. Um, some of you know this and it's fantastic to see many of the folks joining. Uh, many of you are longtime friends, family, partners um, in, in this journey that's now taken me around to probably about 30, 30 odd years. Uh, 
and but also a number of new um, associates and, and 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 new subscribers, uh, new members of our of our affiliation association. So thrilled to join, thrilled to welcome everybody. So just a few words, uh, if you will, um, on on how we want to why we're here. So, you know, our transformation on our side is really the transformation from GenSuite, uh, the company and the, and the product and the brand, uh, to benchmark digital partners as, as, as the sort of company and the group of us, uh, and benchmark ESG powered by GenSuite as the product suite. And, and I wanted to, let me see if I can, is my audio working okay, Donovan? Okay, great. Okay. Um, so I, I think Amanda, you were also going to perhaps share. I don't know if I need to share this the screen. There we go. Yeah. So you know, just wanted to give you a little bit of context. So going back, you know, my background in my, is in environmental from 30 years. So many of you know this, or some of you know this, but just to catch everybody up on on how we find ourselves where we are today. Uh, you know, in the early 90s, I worked on a number of different software or programming solutions in the environmental field. And in 97, I had the, the good fortune to join uh, General Electric Company as part of the GE Power Systems business. So a really great point in time uh, because Bob Nardelli had just taken over the business, as I like to say, and, you know, he really, uh, if you will, was, was transforming that business. And Jack Welch had kicked off his three big constructs of uh, going global, uh, Six Sigma and digitization, and you know, I said I can't do much about global, but I certainly could do something about digitization and Six Sigma, uh, and that's really how this journey got started. Um, you know, as an EHS team, we were very focused on compliance and compliance management systems. So what what I worked on in those early years so that was really building or trying to take a concept of saying, how do you take a business process that you are trying to deploy from a compliance management system at the time perspective. The essence of this was what I was what I was pointing to was we developed uh, both a methodology and a technology in the process of what we worked on. Um, and you know that that methodology as I said was distilling the business process, finding the essence of it, providing local ownership at the grassroots level, really engaging people, driving accountability and ownership, and ensuring that as a result of that, we're, we're getting, you know, people um, to deliver towards the business objectives. And, and the, there's a collaboration, the sense of community, and, and really understanding that the process continues to evolve, technologies continue to evolve. And so you've got to build that into the equation, you know. And, and that methodology has been what we've used in things like our pandemic event response module that we built. It's like a textbook case. Of, of using that methodology. You know, today uh, we, we built that. It's about 100 different companies that are in our subscriber group are using that module, tracked about 40,000 uh, pandemic events in the, in the workplace, um, and, and really delivered value to their respective enterprises and to the individual, you know, employees and, and um, uh, uh, folks in those companies. Uh, I know Natasha will talk about our article AI PCIF advisor for potential serious incidents and fatalities, same methodology. And what's most exciting about this methodology is really engages people. Uh, last Friday we got a, 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 an inquiry, um, and very similar to some of the others we have received, uh, but it's, it was from, it's from a maintenance technician in Ireland. I looked him up, I, I 
connected with him on LinkedIn just now, Roger Condon, and he said, I'm a maintenance technician at uh, Biomarin. I'm interested in your lockup tagout software. Uh, I found it very useful in my maintenance department. I'd love to show my new team how well GenSuite can work for the company, both practically and from a safety perspective. That's really the essence of, of what we have looked to achieve. Um, it's applying that methodology and technology. Um, and what we felt was that by implementing, you know, by doing this rebranding, to put ourselves under a broader umbrella, we can really look to make that difference applicable, you know, in a broader space. Uh, and ESG seem, seem looks like the perfect aegis for that, for that mission that we have set for ourselves. Because ESG is really about the commitments that companies are making from, you know, for their internal and external stakeholders and to safeguard their reputation as good corporate citizens and sustainable businesses. So we really felt like that would be a great uh, um, construct. And so it's with that, with that sort of uh, energy that we're going into this conversation. So great clip from uh, Makand, uh, you know, kind of giving us an idea of, you know, the, the, the history on GenSuite, what benchmark digital partners looks like and, and, you know, really setting up that stage. So, you know, as moving on from that, I think for me, I've been trying to wrap my head around DSG and I've, as I've been scrolling through LinkedIn and various thought leadership pieces, um, I'm seeing less EHS and more ESG. I think that's the the buzzword and the hot word right now. And I don't think that it's just going to be a fad that we're going to hear um, for a short amount of time. So, so Aiden, can you paint us a, a bit of a picture on what is ESG um, simply? Sure, absolutely. So at its simplest level, let's look at the acronym, right? ESG. So what that stands for is environmental social governance. And what it's, what it's really looking at is assessing the overall, not only corporate responsibility, but the, the business practices of organizations to make sure that they're not only adhering to the health and safety standards that are set by regulatory bodies, by industry groups, but also that they have practices that are enabling them to have sustainable business practices and maintain really robust product stewardship um, guidelines and processes that allow them to put the best product out into the market that really supports what I think a lot of consumers and what a lot of folks in the industry are now looking for is that, you know, the organizations that they do business with are committed to these really big social challenges that, that are facing the globe. Um, you know, but I think it's one thing for us to talk about that, right? It's one thing for Benchmark to you know, really validate the ESG strategies. But I think more importantly is that this is not just going to be a, an environmental health and safety shift, right? ESG is impacting organizations in all sectors across multiple verticals and, and industries. So what I'd like to do, you know, going back to our launch event is, you know, we had the opportunity to have David Metcalf, the CEO of Verdantix, a, a research firm based in the UK, who, you know, really starting with the EHS space, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but now evolving to really focus on this ESG, um, these frameworks that, that organizations are going to need to adhere to and look towards. So I'd love to have our listeners get his perspective from a really broad-based, you know, marketing position, market positioning um, on why ESG is so important. So, so let's tee him up and, and let's take a listen um, because it does, I think that gives a, a much better perspective on why this is going to be so important for the world. The need for more 
comprehensive, detailed research on uh, the impact of financial ESG trends um, on people in the corporate world, both in sustainability and ESG, uh, EHS roles, which is why we've launched an entirely new research stream around ESG and sustainability. Um, so if we just go to the next slide. Um, uh, the, the question I think many of us uh, who've worked in EHS roles and, you know, Vedantics analysts have, you know, been EHS managers before, we actually over a decade ago had much more comprehensive research on sustainability topics. Um, and, and what we really saw was um, in the aftermath of the financial crisis that, um, that there, there was less emphasis from regulators. There was less investment going into really making operational changes around the sustainability agenda. And fundamentally, apart from a few things like, of course, the development of EVs, um, renewable energy, of course, has been a, it has seen enormous growth. For most corporations, there was a kind of 10 years of steady state thinking around sustainability. So um, when somebody had been a client of Vedantics uh, many years ago, who's now the London Stock Exchange, got in touch with me and said, you know, David, you really need to um, look at this again because there are fundamental changes happening in the market which are going to flow through onto the corporate world and, and the pace of change is really accelerating. So um, what we did last year was um, we, we started investigating, uh, you know, what has changed. And I think that's the question that anyone in an EHS role, anyone in a sustainability role needs to ask themselves. What has changed compared to 10 years ago? Because actually the business issues are 95% pretty much uh, the same. It's still around air emissions. It's still around uh, worker health and safety. It's, it's, it's still issues around climate change and so on. So what has changed? And, and, and this slide really tells you what's going on maybe in a world that you're not at all familiar with, not really focused on. It's, it's not part of your responsibilities. And, and that's why we, you know, want to share it with people in the EHS world. Say, look, look, guys, you need to anticipate a lot of change is going to be happening. Um, and in industrial uh, sectors, if you're in a manufacturing role, then um, what you're going to find is EHS systems are going to be the systems of record that help your CEO, help your CFO, help the entire finance function to respond to this huge deluge of requests that they are getting from pretty much any type of participant in financial markets. So, you know, just to give you an idea here, global financial uh, services firms, um, so, you know, the likes of Bloomberg that you would all be familiar with, they are firing, you know, huge amounts of questions at corporations to get more data on EHS and sustainability performance. And then they're selling that and using the data that they get uh, to develop industries or to, you know, just sell data products. The big credit rating agency, so the big three, they have invested in the last two years a huge amount to build out ESG ratings. So your companies increasingly, and especially with the change in administration in the US, you're going to see the SEC basically come along and say, well, you know, you need to be disclosing this information and they're going to be very specific about what you need to do. And you're going to find your investments over the years in EHS software have actually, you know, get you a long way of the way there. 
institutional investors, lenders, equity research firms, and then you've got some specialists looking at, you know, climate change risk. So I, I just wouldn't underestimate for you, you know, the volume of requests, the strategic nature of them, and how seriously your CEO and CFO are going to have to be thinking about their, their ESG information architecture. So let's move back. So really great clip there from uh, David with Ferdantix. Um, you know, it, I think the big takeaway is it's no longer um, reporting on incidents that are happening in the in the workplace. You know, you, you ha- we, it's a broader program and a, and a broader outreach um, based on what the what the market is looking for. So uh, really great insights uh, for that. So. Um, you know, I, I think, Aiden, where I want to move next, now that we've heard from more of the market side and, and what to, you know, broadly what EA, uh, ESG is, um, you know, how do we, how, how is Benchmark, you know, planning to work with their customer base? Because we're going to have a lot of leaders that formerly were EHS professionals, but are seeing themselves now as ESG professionals. So um, would love to hear a little bit of insight um, on a customer front um, and then how Benchmark plans to, to, to manage, uh, you know, kind of those shifts. Yeah, you're exactly right, Drew. So I, I think, you know, bringing it down from these broad ESG frameworks, ultimately it's going to take people and leaders right at their organizations to actually operationalize and then execute against these these commitments and i think what you're seeing and i think what you what we heard from david was that ehs leaders are going to be the point people right and your your subject matter experts that are going to be collecting this data analyzing this data and then ultimately packaging it up with these esg reporting requirements um, and we need to be looking to those leaders to to really help us help guide organizations, you know, to support these goals. You know, Benchmark wouldn't be at this point in our history to take on this challenge had it not been for our legacy and our commitment to collaborating with our subscribers. And that really iterative process and that hand-in-hand partnership where we're helping to build the tools that help them address the challenges of their organization because their challenges are ultimately our challenges. So, not only do we need to think about the technology and think about our platform, but we also need to think about how roles and responsibilities are shifting for these EHS leaders in this new ESG world. So we had Jim Kolbach from Amphenol. He is the corporate sustainability and stewardship manager for the group. And he has been involved in the EHS space for, for decades. And what I'd love for our listeners to get a sense of is his perspective on how his role is now shifting to cover these broader ideas, these broader concepts around sustainability and stewardship, and how already the benchmark platform has enabled him to better monitor his supply chain. Um, really interesting, really insightful, and I think it'll give our listeners an idea of of some of the you know the specific challenges that are going to be faced by the by these leaders. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you brought up a couple of great points. And I think that um, these EHS practitioners are really looking at us, you know, from a benchmark side to to kind of help bridge that gap a little bit. Right. So as they are looking at this ESG now focus, they, you know, to have some of these best practice frameworks already in place, it's, you know, it's making their jobs a little bit easier. So excited um, to hear from Jim. Um, this short clip here, um, you know, will we'll, uh, kind of give you a, a customer perspective. ESG is a moving target. 
Um, we have, we report to, we publish an annual sustainability report. We have eight sustainable development goals that we've committed to and have actionable targets on. Um, but it changes. I mean, the, the regulatory landscape, our reports are in accordance with GRI and in accordance with SASB as much as we possibly can align. But we're figuring out the next steps of how do we align with TCFD? How do we set science-based targets? And we're a long ways from that. We're, we're you know, gathering our arms around our scope three emissions. We have a very diverse global supply chain, roughly you know, between 20 and 25,000 suppliers globally that we have to tackle. And you know, one of the, one of the um, obstacles with that is language, the language barrier. If we have a lot of suppliers that if we can't provide them the surveys in their own language, they, we don't get very good response rates from that. So that's an objective this year that we're really focusing on is making sure that we can do that outreach multilingually as best as we can. We have eight languages that we've identified that we have to take care of. So, so some great points uh, from Jim there. So Aiden, we've, we've really talked through and set the stage. So we heard about the, the history we heard from David Metcalf and, and talked about what the market is looking at. We've heard from some customers as to how they are transitioning. Um, but I think now we need to talk about how we're actually executing and operationalizing. Um, you know, and so first thing that comes to mind, I think, is technology. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of varying um data points and data sets that, you know, all these leaders are trying to gather um, on a regular basis. Um, and so let's, let's start there. How are, how are these ESG professionals going to, you know, kind of gather all of these, these, these data sets? It's a great point, Drew. And I think you're right. You know, it's one thing to be able to talk about these broad, you know, very ambitious goals at a high level. And, you know, as I said before, being able to operationalize and actually execute against this is going to be a whole other monster, right? That That is going to be a major undertaking for a lot of these organizations, but it, it's, one, it's one that we can't avoid, right? And organizations can't avoid, you know, being adherent to these ESG, you know, frameworks, reporting structures, because it's not only the market that's demanding it, it's it's potentially your customers as well, right? So your point about technology is really well taken because I think if we look at what's been available in the EHS space over the last two decades, we've become very comfortable and very, you know, experts, you know, around, you know, things like incident management and injury reporting. And, and we have the tools and technology to do those, to do those tasks. And that's still going to be critically important, but we're entering into this phase now where I think we've cleared out a lot of the low hanging fruit as it relates to what, you know, legacy technology has enabled us to address. And now we need to look at, okay, well, what more can I do to provide deeper insight into my organization and generate data that actually allows me to go and attack problems and address problems that maybe I couldn't even imagine doing that three to five years ago because I just didn't have the technology or the data capability to do that. You know, a great example at, at Benchmark is our recently launched uh, PCIF AI advisor, which is powered by Bowers Management Analytics, which allows health and safety professionals when they are reporting incidents to analyze the situation and the preceding events that could have led to a potentially significant injury or a fatality. And it's 
it's technology like this that is going to be able to provide that deep insight and allow leaders to get to that next level of action. And speaking of which, you know, we were able to have uh, Liz Hackett from Cytiva on our on our launch event call, and she spoke to this directly as this this idea of AI coming into the workplace is the way to look at all this data and actually start to make sense of it in a way that's actionable. So I'd love to hear from her as well as from Natasha Porter, uh, our chief customer officer here at Benchmark, because they I think they really get to the heart of how things like AI and machine learning and IoT are really going to take. EHS leaders capability to that next level so that as they're adjusting their roles, their responsibilities, they're actually able to leverage a lot of these really interesting and, and creative tools to, to answer some of these really complex questions. Yeah, and that's that's a great point, Aiden. And you know, I've had some conversations uh, recently at a at a couple of different virtual conferences and people are interested in AI and machine learning. And, you know, it's, it's exciting to see um, what Benchmark put together because it's, it's right on the, you know, the frontier of, of what's happening. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more in detail from Liz um, and Natasha. Thanks, Amanda. You know, as, as Martha was going to talk about going on and on to the, to the next generation of data, Cytiva, we've just, just started a the company in March of 2020. We're 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 a spinoff from GE Healthcare Life Sciences. So we've been with GenSuite for quite a while, and we have an enormous amount of data. But how we're using that data is what's so key. You think about all the things we put into GenSuite with regard to concern reporting, near miss, first aids, etc., and we can connect those dots through safety analyzer, et cetera, but to go to that next level down and, and get into that deeper version of, of what that concern is saying and how does it relate to all the other concerns. And so with, with Natasha, and I see she's joined us, you know, we, we did a pilot when I was with GE Power that, that, you know, did this AI engine of taking all our concerns, near misses, first aids, reportables, and 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 what I call mush it together, I'm sure there's a more technical term, Natasha, and start looking at that next layer down. And what does it tell us? Because it's very hard. You can only with concern you can do the drop downs, et cetera, because of the language. The AI tool allows us to translate and then to compare all the different uh, concerns within within Cytiva. But then it goes to an outside database and says what other people have seen. So you immediately get, you know, 10,000 more, 20,000 more data points to sit there and say, hey, you know, this near miss caused eight fatalities outside the world of Cytiva. It is really a significant event, right? It's a PSE. It's a, you know, whatever you want to call it. It really could have been serious. And that's what we need to be able to look at and see and talk about and highlight where we are going with our future programs. So if if the the concerns are, are showing me that water pumps are the big issue, what's doing the power thing, it, then what am I doing about when we do the smaller jobs, when we do this, right? It'll help me help the company develop programs to address all those things. 
Uh, Natasha, I see you're on. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. Yep, it's a little bit more than mushing the data together. It's AI and machine learning, but hey, it's what goes on behind the scenes to really give a clear, actionable insight, which is what you're talking about. And I think um, this this PCIF AI advisor is really a game changer in that space because I think what historically, Liz, for you and the team might take might have taken a couple of months to process through the data to figure out these connection points and compare that to external data now can be done very quickly um, within a couple of seconds to find out those insights. So I think we have a lot of potential, you know, in this space specific for AI technology supporting compliance and risk, but there's a lot of other potential for how AI tech can support broader ESG um, objectives and, and goals as well. And I know we're doing some different projects with subscribers in our community on sentiment analysis, AI technology, and how that can support assessing safety culture. Uh, we're looking at AI tech that can also support chemical risk identification um, and provide actionable insights again to folks as they're introducing new products or chemicals into their facility. So I think there's a, a lot of exciting potential here on the piece of front and more broadly for AI across ESG. And, and I think you've just got to take that. A lot of great conversation between uh, Liz and Natasha. And I think, you know, Aiden, the, the biggest takeaway that I got is, you know, when it comes to AI and machine learning, that that's really advanced technology. And um, there's, there's a lot of technical um, aspects that go into it behind the scenes, right? So these ESG leaders, these EHS leaders, you know, probably don't have any sort of background with AI and machine learning, um, you know, but the the beauty of this offering is they've done, you know, Benchmark has done all of that work for them and, you know, really just making sure they're taking the data that they're entering and putting it into that um, AI engine. So, um it's, it sounds, you know, it, it's advanced, but in a very simplified sort of way. So um, that's exciting to see um, more to come on that. Um, okay, so, to, you know, again, we've, we've talked about the history, we've talked about the market, we've talked about um, some customer real-time, you know, kind of struggles and how the transition's going. Now we've talked about some frontier technology. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hear, you know, what does this mean for the current customers of Benchmark ESG, anyone that could potentially be interested in a solution platform? Um, you know, can, can you give me a little bit on, on what, what, what this all, all of this means? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, it's a, as I said at the top, you know, this is a really exciting time for Benchmark and it's, you know, we are entering into a phase not only as an organization but as a partner to our our customers both you know current and prospective where we want to be on this journey with you and we want to be able to provide tools and resources and expertise and guidance and, and best practices that really enable these leaders to get to that next level to support these esg um, requirements and i think you know the best way to do that is to take the best parts of our legacy, right? And continue forward with them. So in a moment, we're gonna hear from, again, from Natasha Porter, as well as from uh, Naveen, um, 
about what this shift is going to mean for our current our current subscribers, both here domestically in, in North America and the U.S., but also globally. Because one thing that we've come to know and come to learn is that ESG is not just a North American construct, right? These are global um, requirements. These are global shifts in how organizations are assessed. So we're going to also not only need to have the expertise here in North America, but we're also going to need to have the understanding of, okay, well, what does this mean for Southeast Asia? What does this mean for the EMEA region? What does this mean for Africa, South America? You know, and having that local expertise is also going to be really critical as we continue to develop and expand and evolve our capabilities as a company and as a, as a solution platform. So, so let's listen to Natasha and Naveen speak a little bit to how, you know, our continuation of, you know, being committed to customer service and this partnership um, and this collaboration is going to continue on through the, the benchmark era. To provide everybody on the call a little bit of perspective, I mean, our, our team really has the honor and privilege of supporting over 1.5 million global users as they engage and use benchmark ESG Gen Suite solutions every day. And that's, you know, our team supporting launch and delivery activities, answering questions, providing training, or exploring new functionality that our user community, community is looking for in the compliance, risk, sustainability, and also stewardship space. And our mission from day one, as McCun shared in some of the history of our team and our company, uh, that and that mission that remains true today is that we always want to continue um, as Benchmark ESG to deliver speed, quality, and customer-centric support, and to partner and collaborate with our subscribers. And that's to ensure that we understand the digital transform transformation needs that each of our subscribers and users have, and we can help them make those a reality. You know, the PSIF AI advisor, or P PSE AI advisor that Liz talked about earlier, I think is a great example of that, um, of how we just had a conversation two years ago about how we can make um, data mining more actionable, insightful, and have worked and collaborated together to deliver a solution to meet that. I think Mukund also had mentioned earlier in our call some of the COVID-specific uh, pandemic solutions that we've been developing. And we have a, a critical need right now in our subscriber community to help support vaccine tracking and engagement of that discussion with employees. And we're actively working to develop a solution there. So, you know, Andy, as you have talked with our subscribers, as you mentioned um, over the last couple months, I think you had shared with us to really what makes a difference uh, with Benchmark ESG Gen Suite is the people in our company and the customer service that we provide. And we're going to continue to stay fully committed to that and bring in uh, key talent and team members to help us grow to support the different aspects of ESG that we've talked about. And as all of you know, it takes a really strong, connected team to make this happen and one that's doing this globally. Um, so I wanted to invite uh, Naveen, who is our APAC Global Development Officer, just to share his thoughts for a few minutes uh, on that, and then we'll turn it over to Mukund. Uh, thanks, Natasha. Uh, good morning, everybody. So I think uh, while I think we noted from Andy uh, as well as David and Jim, uh, ESG is here to stay. And obviously, I think uh, uh, both in the developed and emerging economies, I think uh, there's a lot of potential in what people are doing. But at the same time, there's a lot of variation in what gets reported. 
and the key material aspects involved. Uh, so, so while brainstorming over the last, I think, couple of months uh, with Andy and team as well, and leveraging a few from the piece of advisor, what we think about is looking at, from a solutions perspective, developing something called the ESG advisor. And uh, with which I think, like, like some of the chat comments mentioned, would provide a platform for you to go and look through industry sector and look at what your uh, peer companies are reporting against uh, criteria like uh, drawn from the GRI or TASPI or, or CDP for that matter, and benchmark yourselves against where you stand with that, uh, both from a qualitative perspective of the ESGT criteria, but at the same time also looking at some quantitative metrics on how you're performing on some key ESG KPIs. So I think that's from the solutions perspective. I think growing our, our, our kind of global footprint, I think this year we envision to kind of start up our operations in the Middle East region uh, where we see a lot of potential. And at the same time, looking at expanding out and starting up a subscriber services operation uh, down in Southeast Asia to really cater to that market where we see a lot of opportunity in the ESG space as well. So yeah, I think hopefully uh, we have still a couple of minutes to go. I will mute myself. Well, Aiden, I think we've had a really great discussion today um, to really give a great recap of um, what was discussed last week um, at the, the Benchmark ESG launch event and um, really gave a nice uh, landscape um, picture, I believe, um, of, of, of the full you know, what's what's truly going on and what what should we be looking for? So um, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, a lot of great conversation, a lot of great, um, you know, various clips from some some really great thought leaders in the in the market. So I appreciate that. Um, so to our listeners, I um, wanted to mention a couple of um, exciting things uh, on the horizon. Uh, be on the lookout for additional episodes here at the Voice of Benchmark as we do a deeper dive into risk and compliance, um, sustainability and ESG reporting, and then also all things product stewardship and supply chain responsible sourcing. So um, more to come there, but um, in the coming weeks here in February, um, I know that Benchmark ESG has three upcoming webinars, um, one on Wednesday, the 17th of February about risk and compliance, um, one on Thursday, February 18th, all things stewardship. And then lastly, on Friday, February 19th, talking all things sustainability. So be on the lookout for that. And then also the following week, we'll be hosting um, some mini conferences on those same three topics, um, really just giving a deeper dive for our current subscriber community um, into, into what Benchmark ESG is going to be doing in that front. So um, a lot of exciting things, a lot of information coming out. Um, so uh, Aiden, thank you again for um, joining today and we look forward to uh, talking again. Great. Thanks, Drew. It was a pleasure being here and I, I can't wait to see what we're able to do you know, this year and beyond uh, here at Benchmark. It's uh, again, I keep, I sound like a broker record, but it's a very, very exciting time.